In our series, A String of Pearls, Dutch Buzz contributors speak to people who have made an exceptional contribution to our local community. People whose passion for what they do have had an added value for the city of The Hague. Connecting people is his speciality, especially if you're new in The Hague or from a different cultural background. As the founder of The Guest Card, the International Network of The Hague, director of the Global Talent Foundation and on the board of the pop podium Part, Andrew van Esch has been working for the international community in the city for more than 30 years. A regular guest on Dutch Buzz, I asked him how it all started. Both my parents were born in uh, in Indonesia when it was still a colony. And uh, they were the refugees at that time when they came to the Netherlands. Nobody wanted them. They had to look for new friends. They, they spoke the language, of course. Uh, my father worked for KLM uh, as a chief purser, so he was flying all over the world, all my life. I have uh, lots of relatives living all over the globe. So I had lots of people always coming in, coming from a Dutch-Indonesian family. Everybody can stay over or eat or whatever. And, and I've always been involved in international affairs when I was at school, when I was a student, uh, always. was a member of the European Youth Parliament on behalf of the Netherlands, uh, working, doing all kinds of international youth organizations. Uh, so it was always, it was, yeah, it's what, what I am, what I do. That's how we know you, Andrew. You've always had an impressive knowledge of local politics and have been a candidate in local elections yourself. How deep is your interest in politics? No, I was always uh, interested in politics uh, already when I was at uh, high school. And I went. I went to uh, to study first uh, law. That was terrible. But I started to study law because your father tells you, "Why don't you study law?" Because I hated it. Uh, then I changed after three years uh, to contemporary history. But at the same time, I was also very busy with doing. Uh, I was an active member of the European Movement. I was uh, uh, in the Netherlands, president of the Young European Federalists. Uh, I was a member of the European Youth Forum. Um, I went to the World Youth Festival in Moscow on behalf of the Netherlands. So, yeah, I was always talking with people about how to work together, how to make things better. I was at the start of the Young Democrats, the youth organization of D66. Um, Many of the friends that I knew from then are now politicians or already retired politicians, not only in the Netherlands, but also uh, in, uh, in Portugal, in Germany, in uh, all over Europe. It's, it's very funny. It never stops. Your latest venture is the Global Talent Pool, in which you help refugees find work in their fields of expertise and on their professional level. Well, the, the Global Talent Pool is a foundation I do it together with my friend uh, Christina van Zuilen van Eijveld. Um, and it is focused on helping uh, high-skilled uh, uh, refugees with uh, an academic vocation to help them find jobs uh, on their own level. Because we see 
too many doctors that work in a restaurant or pluck tomatoes or architects that are doing, you know, being bricklayers, but they could do much better. So I started doing it first on an hourly basis for the city of The Hague. And then we decided then there was a new change of the politics. And I said, well, why don't we do it on our own now? And now we're being hired again by the city of The Hague. They give us their uh, CVs that they have, and then we're going to see if they if they were able to, to help them or not, if there are any links. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's fantastic. It's so nice to, uh, to, I mean, I'd always tell them they're also expats, but they came with a different ticket. Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, I always tell them being a refugee is not a job. It's not a profession. It's terrible that you, you have to do that. And I always get very upset when people say, uh, well, one of my friends said, really, you know, how can you, I, I really can't imagine that I would ever lose my, uh, leave my country as a refugee. And that, that's it. I said, so why do you have an opinion about it if you can't imagine? Why do you have an opinion about it? I mean, you only do it to save your children or to, you know, to make a better life or because you're threatened. That's why you do it. And then we help them because, well, over the years, I have a network. I know people. I can, I, I can call in favors. I can knock on doors. So why shouldn't I do it for others? Why shouldn't I ask others to do it with me? So that's what we're doing. And speaking about your network, the Hague International Network, or THIN, is another of your community ventures. Well, it was already started by, uh, by the city of the Hague and the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I participated at that time. It was more sort of visit uh, uh, a company and then everybody's being invited there. You have free drinks paid by BMW or uh, whatever company that would be willing to invite the community. And, uh, and I saw uh, too many Dutch people and I didn't see really a lot of... I saw lots of real estate agents and, and you know, uh, service providers. I have nothing against them, but I thought, well, if this is going to be the network of the internationals living and working in and around The Hague, where are they? So when they asked me, uh, we don't, City of The Hague and, um, and the Chamber of Commerce, uh, Andrew, we don't have any money anymore to continue this. The person that did it is going to retire. But we have a database and we have a name. And would it be something for you to, you know, continue it? So I said, well, fine. Uh, but I thought, okay, I'll do it in a different way. So I kicked out all the um, commercial things, uh, and I at that time I still had also the, the the database of the guest guide that other organization then I started. So I merged both databases and started sending a, a newsletter uh, and organized events. Well, because of Corona, I didn't organize anything this year, but uh, I'm sending out a newsletter uh, almost every week. And nobody pays anything. I'll just do it uh, because I, I like writing. And, and then uh, we have small advertisers that pay a bit the costs for uh, MailChimp or whatever. But it's also a way, you know, to keep, uh, to keep uh, the spirit of the international community a bit alive. When I think of you, Andrew, I associate you with the performing arts in our city and the new cultural complex on Spur. Are the performing arts close to your heart? 
I've been uh, involved into uh, uh, enjoying arts, of course, culture in, in, in all sorts of ways. But uh, since I was almost trained to be a board member or in a committee or whatever, it started on the, in, the, in the local tennis club, um, then it grew to more things. Uh, um, I've been, at the moment, I'm a member of the board of PART, the, the pop stage. When they approached me, they said, you know, we're looking for new people. And I said, but I'm more of the chamber music uh, symphony orchestras. And then they said to me, don't be ridiculous. You have no idea what we, which, I mean, you think that we're only hat banging uh, music. We also have uh, the residency orchestra playing and we do all kinds of things in PART. So really, I had no idea. Uh, so I went there. And it's fantastic. And I'm bringing also new things. So they said, listen, uh, half a year ago, they called me and said, Andrew, uh, we have some Armenian music group coming in. And uh, it's fantastic music. Uh, here's a clip. And I thought, wow, it looks, sounds like opera or jazz. or Wow, it's fantastic. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, but can you bring us in contact with the embassy and maybe invite the ambassador? So, yeah, I, I, I knew him, so I know him. So I called and I asked, okay, we're going to invite you and your staff, but then you have to um, put it in your newsletter or put it or share it on your... And uh, that's the deal. Well, yeah, fine, right? Deal. And then, you know, at the end, uh, I'm, I'm standing outside of part with the managing director of part to uh, greet the ambassador with his wife and kids and the staff. And, and there was a fantastic, uh, and he didn't know the music either. So for him, it was also, you know, see a fantastic band coming from your own country that you don't know playing in The Hague. So it was really nice. And uh, well, but it's very hard at the moment. And I'm also president of uh, Kalp Pana Raja Guraman, who is an Indian uh, choreographer. Uh, she was born in the Netherlands, but her parents are from India. She was a, a dancer. She was trained as a classic uh, Indian dancer. But she got involved also in uh, hip-hop dance, contemporary dance, and she made a new mix of that. And I, my name was mentioned through Corso. Uh, the, uh, uh, the the, the theatre in The Hague said, well, if you're, if you're looking, you know, to build your own organisation, why don't you ask Andrew to, uh, Andrew Vernesch to help you out? He's been working for Nederlands Dancia, Donald Dance Festival, blah, blah, blah. So maybe he can, you know. And I never saw her work. But I liked, I liked her immediately. And um, it's, it's great success. She's, and I, for me, it's very nice to help her open the doors, talk to the right people, she got an enormous raise now in her funding from the city of The Hague for the new, uh, what they call the Kunstenplan. And uh, we're building a new organization, which is much more flexible and hybrid than, than other uh, organizations. She uh, performed uh, last year in, uh, two times in Delhi and one time in Mumbai. Uh, they had no idea, the Indians, it was a full house everywhere. Because they said it's contemporary Indian dance, we don't know this. So from The Hague, it was brought there and uh, it was sponsored by Indian companies also. 
So, yeah, and it was just this dancer in The, the Hague that started it. And I feel very fortunate to, you know, to be able to share what I have as a volunteer to help her doing this. It's really nice. How do you feel about the controversial new cultural complex that's rising out of the centre of SPO? Well, I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. That we, I mean, I used to work for the Nederlands Dance Theatre and the Lucent Dance Theatre. And um, it, was, it was an okay building, but it was old. It was old, it was sort of, everything was squeaky. And at the moment that that building was opened, also a fantastic building was opened in, in Amsterdam. And I was always a bit uh, jealous. I mean, why don't we have a real good opera and concert and dance hall in uh, in the Hague, we have we have so much quality. I I went to see the Lincoln Center in in New York, where you have the the New York City Ballet, the Symphony. Uh, I, I went to the Juilliard School to visit because Yuri Kilian received an honorary doctorship there, and I and I was I was working at them at that time at NDT. So we went there, and now the, this idea, we are going to get it here. So I'm extremely excited. I think the, 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 the government, local and national, should spe- spend much more money on it. I was involved in, um, in the uh, setting up and the financing of the new Luxor Theatre in Rotterdam. They, they asked me at that time to help them with uh, funding, uh, uh, looking for extra funds. And also there I was very jealous of this huge building, you know, where you really feel that you're going out. So I'm very happy that it's coming. I think that people shouldn't nag about money because it costs always something, but it's still a fraction of what the Hamburg thing costed or, or the Sydney Opera House or whatever is being built in France. We have top cultural organizations in the Netherlands, especially in The Hague, and they deserve a huge stage also. It's important for, for The Hague. It's fantastic for the international community because you can't go to drama theater if you don't speak Dutch. But you can go listen to music, you can go to, uh, to, uh, to watch dance, and of course you can always go to Park to listen uh, to pop music. No, I'm, I'm very excited, and I, I, will, I will make any effort to, to support it in any way, to make sure that we have lots of events taking place there. How has the pandemic affected your community work? Absolutely. I never thought uh, a year ago that this could happen. I, I wouldn't. I couldn't think anymore about how I was thinking in January and February. I mean, it's ridiculous. To get to know a little more about your more personal side, I asked you to bring along a treasured photograph, something off your bedside table, and something off your desk. Is this your life partner in the photograph, Andrew? We were one of the first to get officially married. In, uh, in The Hague. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, we know each other uh, 26 years. Yeah, and it's, it's fantastic. It's really fantastic. And he's now walking around with our dog, who's our child. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. We work together. We complement each other completely. And uh, we work uh, uh, alongside. Uh, we have sometimes have projects together. Sometimes we don't. Uh, no, it's uh, and and yeah, you know, it's just sort of a normal thing. What did you bring off your bedside table? 
Yeah, it's terrible, of course. It should have been a book. There is a book, but I didn't touch the book for the last year and a half. So um, uh, it's collecting dust. At the same time, uh, every evening, I'm, uh, I'm watching uh, the latest news or read on my iPad. But anyway, my iPad, I, uh, I watch it every evening uh, because I, I read I, newspapers, news, or I play word feud on it. Uh, and uh, because I play word feud with, I think, 15 different people, with old aunts that I haven't seen for years, but I still play word feud with them, which is a way to yeah, keep connected. Nice. And uh, uh, yeah, that's really nice. What have you brought along for your desk for this interview, Andrew? Yeah, it's a, it's a new item because on my desk it's a sort of um, a, a pile of papers. I have um, an item which is the the golden carriage, the Gouden Koets, uh, in miniature, uh, in silver, solid silver. And it is given, it was made in um, Schoonhoven, the silver city of, uh, silver town of the, the Netherlands. And it's a special gift given by the uh, chairman of uh, the House of Parliament to everybody who works there for 25 years. And uh, one of my friends uh, unfortunately passed away. And in her, her last, uh, not hours, but last weeks, uh, I was taking care of her with some others and she worked for the uh, House of Parliament for 42 years and I said well what do you, she asked what do you like to have I don't you know I well I like that golden carriage in silver well you can have it really do you like that kind of stuff yeah it's it's yours and I I love it, you know. I'm I'm a bit of a royalist. Uh, no, and that's always funny because uh, in the Hague, it always reminds me of uh, when new ambassadors are coming in and they're presenting their credentials to to the king. Um, I live here in an area with lots of embassies, so on Wednesday morning, um, at least once a month, I, I hear the carriages pass. Yeah, and it's it's always nice. And it reminds you that, it, of course, it's a very ancient tradition. Uh, but it, uh, it's what makes The Hague very special. Andrew, what will be the first thing you will do when we can socialize with others again and gather people around this lovely dining room that we seated at right now? Organize a dinner party. Because I love to prepare a daube provençal, which is a, a, a stew, uh, beef uh, stewed in red wine and and uh, on a low temperature like 80, uh, 80 degrees in the oven for 12 hours and then you add vegetables to it and then you serve it but before well yeah I, I love cooking but I, I, I really miss you know having people and organizing the events and and going to theater going to residence your guest uh, I will support that, that orchestra and um, yeah, that, you know, to, uh, to hug. Mind if I take a rain check on that one? And organizing events, no doubt. Yes, of course. I mean, um, four years ago, almost four years ago, I organized at the day of the inauguration of Donald Trump. I organized a big event 
What is there to expect and what is there to fear of Donald Trump? Yes, it all came true. And it was with about 200 people at the, uh, uh, at the World Trade Center. And I would have loved to organize an event like that now, you know, the same way. What is there to expect? How will Joe Biden start building bridges? How can we bring, you know, that country and the world together again? After what I think uh, were, were disastrous years for world peace. World peace. What a dream in these turbulent times, Andrew. Let's hope we can all be fully active again once we're vaccinated. Thank you for all the interviews we've done on Dutch Buzz in the past and for sharing your knowledge you have of the people, local politics and the performing arts in the city. Keep us posted, Andrew. For Dutch Buzz, I'm Lilian Strobach. Dutch Buzz for news, views and interviews that focus on the city of The Hague. Den Haag.